Hi, I'm Shelly, a military wife and mother of two. Hi, I'm Paula, missionary in Puerto Rico. Paula, I'm Cindy, missionary to Mexico for the last 29 years. And we are three friends coming to you from three different countries, time zones, and walks of life. We're so glad you are coming along with us on this journey of discovering what really matters in life from a biblical perspective. It's great that all of you listening friends are joining us for our kickoff month. If you have not listened to our previous episodes, be sure and scroll back to the beginning of the month where we introduce ourselves. You also don't want to miss hearing our special tribute podcast to mothers around the world. A recurring theme this month of May has focused on responses in life during tough times that come our way. Our first interview this month was with our very own Cindy right here on the podcast. Through her cancer journey, we heard that God was right there with her, even in her darkest moments of doubt and fear and physical pain. Cindy shared with us the ups and downs of leaving her home and ministry in Mexico, even having to get rid of possessions so she could get rid of cancer in her body through medical treatment in the States. Yet the Lord had a far greater plan for this yielded soul, and by His grace, He has carried Cindy through tough times and enabled her to return to Mexico and her beloved ministry. So be sure and listen to her previous podcast to hear in what ways her ministry as a single missionary was impacted. Last week on our podcast, we had the privilege of hearing from Becky, who 42 years earlier to the date that we aired our show, had survived a house fire after being critically burned. While Becky and her mother were recovering for many months and even years, the pastoral ministry of Becky's father was greatly impacted, only to expand in ways that God would be glorified above all else. You will laugh and cry with Becky as you listen to her previous podcast about a story of love that excels above all other. You know, listening friends, Sometimes we can feel out of control with our circumstances in life, yet we are not left on this earth to muddle with fate, but rather we are at the sweet mercy of a merciful Savior who is able to help. Our bodies are incredible creations made by God, the Master Designer. He has placed within all of us ways to experience hunger, thirst, pain, and even emotions. Symptoms and signs can be triggers to let us know when something is not right with our bodies. But there are also symptoms that can be triggers to let us know when there are spiritual deficiencies with us as well. It does matter whether we heed the warning signs or not. Today, it is a great honor to have my own pastor with us. Pastor Keith Carnahan has been faithful in the ministry for many years and he has experienced challenges unparalleled to most of us. Yet his humble, down-to-earth disposition makes him easily approachable from all walks of life. It's so good to have you on our podcast today, Pastor Carnahan. How are you doing? Well, I'm really doing very well, and I'm tremendously thankful for God's blessings. And it's good to be with you ladies. I'm excited about your broadcast. (laughs) Thank you. To start off with, we would like to hear a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I'm always glad to talk about myself. Um, I uh, am um, a person who's usually not able to lack the words. <laughs> I am married and have a wonderful wife named Sharon. And we had uh, 
three children God blessed us with, two sons and a daughter, and um, they are all married, and we have 11 grandchildren. Mm, and wow. Esther in St. Robert, Missouri, and so we're just so thankful to be serving the Lord and enjoy the blessings of our family. Awesome. That's very that's very interesting, Pastor. Um, where did you grow up, and have you always been a pastor in one state? Well, I grew up here in Missouri, where I'm pastoring now. Uh, grew up about 150 miles southeast of where we live now. So I tell people that I am a real, genuine hillbilly, and uh, I'm a redneck. Uh, I'm a country guy. Uh, I uh, did pastor in southern Illinois for uh, 10 years in the same little country church. And then uh, 29 years ago, this month, uh, I became the pastor of Maranatha Baptist Church here in St. Robert, Missouri. So um, we have... Uh, We've had some uh, wonderful times of ministry. We want, we really have. We're so thankful. Wow. So is Missouri, is it Missouri or Missouri? <laughs> I'm not sure why rednecks call it Missouri, but uh, that's, you know, it's supposed to be Missouri, but I didn't grow up saying that. And uh, so it's, uh, it, I, I guess it's just a regional thing, probably. Okay, so true blood. <laughs> Um, Pastor, we heard that you had um, some physical difficulties a year ago in May. Uh, were there warning signs that let you know something was wrong, or how did and how did the Lord help you through those times? Well, I didn't really have any warning signs until the night that I had the stroke, and I um, had had a similar deficit on my right side, which turned out to be a pinched nerve, and so it occurred on us. Uh, the onset of the stroke occurred on a Sunday night, and I thought it was just a pinched nerve on the left side, uh, but I woke uh, in the night to realize that I was having many stroke symptoms, and so uh, I didn't really have any long-term or even short-term warnings before the very night that it occurred. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I initially uh, you know, had the stroke, I assumed it was somewhat minor because it, it only affected half of my body, the left the left side, but I really didn't know anything about strokes. I had had lots of people in my church who had had heart attacks, brain tumors, all kinds of problems, but I really hadn't been close to anyone who had a stroke. And so I really didn't know what the symptoms would be. I just understood that having the paralysis on the left side, my speech became slurred. Uh, so you know, that was about all I knew about a stroke at the time. I didn't realize how, how long-lasting the effects would be. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. You're, you're, telling, you're speaking very well, so I'm very thankful that the Lord has given you a recovery in your speech. That's very good. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, even as leaders, you know, sometimes people think, oh, well, if you are serving God, surely there's not going to be anything bad that happens to you. But, um, but that's not always how it is, right? And how... How the physical ailments, you know, affect us in ministry. Yeah, well, I was really concerned. Uh, I was very fortunate. My speech came back pretty rapidly, and I did have speech therapy. I was in the hospital uh, for just a little less than three weeks, hmm. uh, and I had speech therapy uh, almost every day for two weeks. So I was thankful that, uh, you know, my speech came back pretty quickly. Um I, um, I, I'm very thankful we had some very able men. Uh, Shelly's uh, husband, John, uh, helped with pulpit supply, 
And so we really didn't, the ministry didn't suffer. I think what it did was it just drew our hearts together very closely. Uh, mm -hmm. Ours yeah. is a military church. Uh, people come and go constantly. So, um, you know, for that reason, we have people all over the world who were praying for me. Yeah. And uh, so it really didn't damage the ministry. In fact, I think in some ways it enhanced it. Uh, God has used it to open the doors uh, for new opportunity for ministry, and we're very thankful. That's great. Yeah, we, and and our family has really benefited just from being uh, under Pastor and Mrs. Carnahan's ministry here. It's been a blessing. The month of May is actually Stroke Awareness Month, which is to inform people of ways to recognize symptoms leading up to a stroke. Even when a person begins the healing process, there can be other side effects such as fatigue, um, PTSD, the post-traumatic stress disorder, and even relearning how to walk or talk again. Does it take time to heal, Pastor? I mean, will there always be side effects, do you think? I assume that there will be. Uh, you know, we're just, I just passed uh, a year anniversary of the stroke, which was May the 6th, and you know, I, I haven't had a normal day since the stroke in the sense of, you know, how my body feels. I do find that I get fatigued very easily. I'm still, uh, you know, trying to regain my stamina. And hopefully, uh, you know, I still go to therapy four days a week. And I, I was going to say, hopefully, uh, I'll continue to see improvement. Uh, but, you know, it was mentioned that my speech uh, sounds normal. And I'm very thankful for that. And yet, uh, the left side of my face is still numb. I still, uh, you know, have to struggle to speak properly, although it's become uh, pretty much a part of my thinking process. So it's just uh, my muscles and my face, it seems like they, they are fatigued and I'm kind of working against them all the time when I speak. But uh, I have much to be thankful for. I've regained the ability to walk unassisted. Uh, mm. I, you know, I came home from the hospital. I was in a wheelchair. Um, I don't even have to use a cane now, although sometimes it would probably be advisable. Uh, but I've only fallen once uh, over the last year, so I have a lot to be thankful for about my recovery. Hmm. That is that is an awesome story of the Lord's grace, isn't it? He gives you a second chance. Um, and sometimes in life we just struggle, um, whether it be physically, you know, um, emotionally, spiritually. And right now people struggling even with the virus. And sometimes we have indications that we're going the wrong way. Um, can you give us some practical advice that um, how to help us when, you know, we are struggling and when we are, you know, maybe heading the wrong way? Well, I think the main thing is just to always maintain a spirit of humility. Uh, you know, whenever we're going in the wrong direction, uh, it ought to be a, a very uh, guarded process. We're not certain of what God wants to do in our life or maybe what he is doing. You know, the first thing that I thought of when I had the stroke was, uh, you know, uh, is God trying to tell me something? You know, does he want to send me a message through this? And certainly, I don't believe that all of the problems that we have are a result of a specific sin or something like that. We can certainly look at Job's life and find that trouble comes to men uh, and women that God says are perfect and upright in that sense. But I do think that, um, you know, just like health symptoms uh, can be a warning sign, I think that 
God gives warning signs in our lives. Uh, one of the things I look at in my own personal life is, uh, you know, controlling my appetites. If I'm not uh, controlling my uh, my eating, uh, if I am eating too much, I look at that as a lack of spiritual discipline as well. The same thing's true with my finances. If I find myself, uh, you know, getting behind um, on any of my bills or even the attitude that I have of being responsible, making sure all my bills are paid on time, I would consider that as a lack of personal discipline. Same thing would be true with my uh, the reading of my Bible and prayer. Uh, when those things are, are, are lagging and, and not there in the prominent fashion, they ought to be uh, really you know coming first in my life, then I would see that as a warning sign, a warning signal that my appetite for things of God uh, were not, you know, my appetite wasn't what it should be. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, sometimes people can experience a silent stroke, which medically speaking, in medical terms, it's a symptomatic cerebral infraction. They do not experience any outward visible signs and often are unaware that they have had a stroke until they have inward damage to the brain or other areas of the body. And I think of that in a spiritual relationship. If we quench the Holy Spirit or we disregard the Holy Spirit speaking to us, who is trying to warn us of worldly triggers, then our hearts our, our spiritual bodies can suffer spiritual hunger and thirst, as well as atrophy or hardness of heart. It's been a blessing to have you with us to, today, Pastor Carnahan, and for sharing your transparency with us. You've written a couple of gospel tracts where you express your love for bow hunting with some spiritual applications. And in the show notes below, I can link the church's website. And if people want to contact you with further questions, they can do that. But tell us a little bit about your tracks and your bow hunting, how that um, connection came together. And have you been able to get back to bow hunting? Well, I love hunting. Um, I took my first uh, squirrel when I was five years old. Uh, so I started out really mm -hmm. early in life. And oh I, I decided that I wanted to uh, be a bow hunter, um, and even though I was already a hunter, and I decided that I wanted to be able to witness through my sport. And so I contacted the Christian Bow Hunters of America, uh, which is a non-denominational faith group that tries to promote uh, Christianity through bow hunting, and they didn't have any tracks. I asked them if I could get some tracks to share with other hunters that I encountered. And so they said that they didn't have any, but they would like to. So I've actually written three gospel tracts. Uh, the first one was entitled uh, The Fastest Bow in the Universe. Everybody wants a bow that casts the arrow uh, as quickly and fast as possible. And when I was studying the Bible, I found that uh, the scripture tells us that God's arrow shall go forth as the lightning. So I said, wow, that must be the fastest bow. That was my yeah. first track. And then as I started, and it's, it's a, a salvation track. Uh, that deals with the subject of God's wrath and judgment coming upon sin, because God described himself as an archer at various points in the scripture, uh, and those uh, particular areas are always talking about God's coming judgment. And then the second track was um, the master arrowsmith. As I started crafting my own arrows, I discovered there were a lot of similarities between how a person makes an arrow and God works in our life, and so it's sort of a discipleship track, 
and it's based on a verse that says uh, that God has made me a polished shaft. He has hidden me in his quiver uh, from Isaiah chapter 49. And it's it's based on basically discipleship. And then the last one, I, I really enjoyed writing. It's called Following the Blood Trail. And uh, an arrow kills by hemorrhage. And so you almost always have to blood trail the animal. And we find, of course, there's a trail of blood in the Bible from Genesis chapter 3, where the first shedding of blood is recorded when God made a covering of skins for Adam and Eve after their sin in the garden. And I just wow, followed, the, followed the trail of blood through the scripture until we get to the cross. And I do it you know, fairly quickly and yet as thoroughly as I can and with an economy of words. And, uh, you know, it's been a wonderful blessing to just share my, my faith in Jesus Christ through my hobby, through my sport. And I really enjoy that. I'd be happy to share those tracks with anyone who contact me. Very good. Well, before you go, Pastor, um, you can share any closing comments that you have with us as well as a word of prayer. And I really like how um, we can take what happens to us physically and relate it to us spiritually. It's certainly true. I, I think that one thing that I would just say um, to maybe help somebody who's going through a difficult time, I would look for things to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. I ask God every day to fill me with a spirit of gratitude. Amen. I was doing this even before I had the stroke. Uh, but once I had the stroke, I found there were all kinds of things that I had never thought to thank God for. For example, it had never occurred to me to thank God for whoever invented the wheelchair. Hmm. And so uh, hmm. I remember one day I was uh, being threatened with a speeding ticket for going down the hallway <laughs> and fast at the hospital. <laughs> and I said, wow, I want to stop here and just thank God uh, for, you know, whoever it was who invented the wheelchair. Hmm. Uh, and as I looked around at the uh, some of the people that were in the hospital with me going through therapy had lost limbs, uh, and they were trying to learn how to walk again, as I was. And I just thank God for their cheerfulness. Some of them encouraged me. And uh, I, I would try to speak to them and say, thank you for your cheerful attitude. Uh, and uh, I just think it's so important to just be filled with a spirit of gratitude. And then being weakened by the stroke gave me a greater sense of how much I depend upon God. Uh, I have been asking God for many years, uh, instead of praying that he would help me feel strong as a Christian, I had instead started praying that I would sense my weakness and my dependency on God. Uh, because Amen. I found that if I had a sensation of strength, which was probably an illusion to begin with, uh, mm -hmm. that I would perhaps be proud and not depend on God. So I started asking God, God, to help me to know how weak I really am so that I will never depart from you. And then when I was especially physically weak following the stroke, unable to walk or, or use my left arm um, I, and depend on other people to do things for me that I've been doing, you know, since I was uh, a, a small child. Uh, it just, you know, it was real easy for me to relate to that need for dependency. And, of course, what Paul said uh, in Second Corinthians. Uh, when he said that when he was weak, then he was strong. So uh, hmm. those are some things that I ask God for. And uh, and I would just remind you that if you're going through something and you don't know, you say, Lord, why? We don't really have to ask why as long as we know who is in control. Uh, exactly. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't have to know why. People say, why did you have the stroke? I said, I don't know. Uh, you know, I was serving the Lord. I think my heart was right with the Lord as much as is humanly possible for me. Uh, so, 
you know, I'm just thankful that God chose to uh, not take my life at that time, but give me some more time with my wife and my children uh, mm -hmm. and the ministry. And uh, I've been able to lead people to Christ since that. Uh, in fact, one of the first ladies that came to visit me, my wife and I had been uh, spending, we spent about three or four months. Um, she was raised a communist in East Germany. Child mm -hmm. so, uh, told me that she didn't know she could be saved because she had so many questions. She wasn't even sure there was a God. And she was the first person uh, that came in the evening and she took my hand and she said, you've got to get well. Um, and I said, well, I plan on it. She said, no, I'm going to get baptized. I got saved last night. Oh. So we just had some wonderful blessings uh, from God, uh, you know, during hmm. that period of time. And we've had other people saved and, and just so thankful for that. But I know the time may be short. Do I need to go ahead and have prayer? Oh, you're fine. Thank you for sharing with us. But yes, if you are ready. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Let's pray then. Father, we thank you so much for this time. And Lord, I pray that our listeners uh, would realize that you are a good God and that you don't promise to make life always easy for us. But God, you are more concerned about our character than you are about our comfort. So God, I pray that we would trust you enough that when we are afflicted or weak or heavy burdened, that we would know that you have our best interest at heart. Sometimes you use trials to bring people to you for salvation. They do not know you, and uh, yet when they get in trouble, they cry out to you and discover you are there. So, God, I pray that you would just be with those that might be struggling, who aren't sure that they're saved, or perhaps they know they're not saved. Lord, bring them to yourself through the problems that come. And then, Lord, for those of us who are saved, when we encounter problems, may we rejoice in your sufficiency and your faithfulness. And may we exhibit a quality of trust in you that will cause other people to be attracted to your goodness and your mercy. Bless these ladies in this endeavor. And we just pray that you would use this program for your honor and glory. We pray for all those who are hurting now. We ask that you would Show yourself be the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Carnahan, for being with us today. We have been warned, listening friends, to watch for signs and symptoms if we are heading in the wrong direction, even spiritually. May the Lord keep our hearts tender to the things of God and vigilant toward the enemy's deceptions of this world. Thanks for listening with us today. We would love to have you subscribe to our show and look forward to meeting with you once a week as we talk about matters of life from a biblical and a practical perspective. One of the wisest men who ever lived was King Solomon, and in his concluding verses in the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Until next time, look to the Lord, because it does matter.